listening to The Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 34 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Wednesday the 29th of November and I cannot believe that it's almost the end of the year. I'm having quite a packed week as I try to get lots of stuff done. This month's episode is a shorter Just Me show. I had planned one of those for the January edition because I knew I'd be talking about my goals for the year, but I have a few things to talk about today so I thought I'd swap them round. As the end of the year approaches, I start thinking about the next year, mainly because I tend to go into hibernation mode during this time, but I absolutely love the fresh new start of January and get far more excited by the new goal setting and planning of a new year. I've tried to recognise that I go into a bit of an energy slump in December and have scheduled a light month. However, I'm also a bit behind on some of my November goals, so I really want to push myself this week to get as much done as possible before I wind down. I have revisited my goals from January, and I'm pretty pleased with what I've achieved this year. If I can tick a couple more things off the list though, then even better. I really do encourage you all to check in with your own goals on a regular basis, but definitely at large junctures like quarterly or at the beginning, middle and end of the year. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, or like I'm not getting much done, it can be really encouraging to see what I've actually managed. Or sometimes it can be just the kick up the backside I need. This year, I plan to write, edit and publish Stop Worrying, Start Writing in all formats. The ebook and print versions are done and have been out since the spring, and the audio should scrape in under the wire. I also did extensive structural rewrites on Beneath the Water. I finished and rewrote my supernatural thriller, and I've almost finished the first draft of a new novel. In writing terms, it's probably my best, most productive year yet, but I'm still aware of how much more I am capable of, or, more accurately, how much more I want to do. I think I have to be happy with my own process, but also to push myself a wee bit and keep on trying to refine my work habits. It's a tricky balance. This year, I also plan to do some real-life events and meet up with author friends who live around the UK and beyond. I did manage a couple of lovely lunches, so that's good, and I also made strides with my business training by completing the SPF 101 course and advertising for authors, both from Mark Dawson. I've started to experiment with ads with some success, so that's really pleasing. I've also been building my mailing list, although I still have a lot more to do in that area. At the start of the year, I know that I set building my mailing list as one of my high priorities, and then, I'll be completely honest, I really have let it slip. Um, I'm pretty good at sending out my newsletter, although that could also be improved, I'm sure, Um, but I haven't been very good at building my mailing list, even though I know how important it is. I think I need to really have a proper think about why that is. I think maybe I have some hesitancy there that I still feel that I'll be bothering people, or that that there's somehow something 
pushy perhaps about asking people to join my mailing list. Um, and I think that's some mindset issues that I really need to do some more work on so that I can properly kind of prioritize and go for it uh, next year. So I just thought I'd share those thoughts just in case anybody else listening ever has those kinds of um, feelings of ambiguity or hesitance, I guess, about anything to do with marketing and telling people about our work. Speaking of things that I really want to work on, um, I've had in my mind for a wee while that I would really like to try doing real life events. Um, it might be that I end up not really liking them and I don't want them to be part of my author life, but at the moment there's something that I avoid out of fear and I don't think that that's right. I really want to, I don't want my fear to stop me from even trying. So um, this month, I was lucky enough to attend a performance and presentation training day put on by the Scottish Book Trust. There were workshops from Jenny Lindsay, who is a spoken word poet, and Alex Gillen, who is a really experienced voice coach. It was an intense day and quite hard in places, but the workshops were incredibly powerful and useful, and I met lovely writers most of whom are on the Scottish Book Trust's New Writers Award Scheme. As I am such a warrior, I did think that perhaps other writers on the workshop day might look down on me for being a commercial novelist rather than a literary short story writer or a poet, but they were all super nice and supportive. Just want to give a quick shout out to Julie Ria, who I met on the day. Uh, we really bonded and she was particularly kind. So if you're listening, hi, Julie. So as I say, it was an intense day, uh, but I learned loads of useful lessons. Some things that I'd like to pass on. Uh, mindset is really important. So when you're going to do um, a speaking event, remember why you are doing it. You want to share your work and that the people in the audience are not out to hate you or to have a bad time. Um, it can be helpful to think of the audience when you have been in the audience of an event like that and you don't judge people for little mistakes or seeming nervous and you have to remember that neither will the people in your audience. I've said it many, many times before and I will say it again book people are the best people. And if you are doing a fiction event, you are going to have book lovers in the audience. Jenny Lindsay also said to think of it like talking to a group of people you've just met in the pub. You don't know them well, but they seem nice. She also said that you just have to act fine. It doesn't matter how you feel inside, you are going to pretend to be fine. So I will have the mantra going forward, I'm fine, this is fine, in my head. Some other practical tips were to walk the space before the event. So, you know, walk around the stage, walk around the auditorium or the pub or the, well, the hall, wherever you are. Get to know it a wee bit, sit in some of the seats, just familiarise yourself, I suppose. Another tip was to insist on a sound check, which I think is such a good idea, um, just to make sure that the microphone is at the right height or that you know how to adjust it, all of that kind of stuff. Also, warm up with stretching or shaking out tension and take deep breaths before you go on. The session with the voice coach was particularly intense, but such a privilege to get expert help or one-to-one. My main issue is not breathing properly, and that affects my delivery and where I'm breaking sentences when I speak. Alex showed me how to breathe properly, so now I've got to practice that every day to improve. 
The other big takeaway for me was the idea of really performing the piece. Having only ever done audio with non-fiction, like this, I hadn't appreciated how much feeling and acting you need to put into a piece of fiction to really get the meaning across. We were working in a small group and I got so much out of listening to the critiques given on the other people's presentations and also seeing just how much it improved when they followed the voice coach's direction to um, put more emotion or animation into their voices and to actually do different voices for the different characters. And that's something that I had just assumed I'm not an actor, I won't be doing that, um, or I can't do that. Um, but hearing what a massive difference it made has certainly made me reassess that. And it's something that I'm going to practice and see if I can improve. I am so grateful to the Scottish Book Trust for the opportunity. And I do feel a wee bit more confident than I did at the thought of reading my fiction to an audience. I mean, I'm still terrified, of course, but it helps to know there are techniques and tips I can follow. Well, I hope that might be of some use to you or of interest. Uh, do let me know if you've got any questions about it and I will answer them next time. This month's listener question is from Georgia Economides. Apologies if I've pronounced that wrong. Georgia wrote... I am currently learning how to edit my first draft of my very first novel. I am planning on making it the first of three in a series. I would like to try to get it traditionally published. However, I have a full-time job and I'm worried that even if I did manage to get a deal for all three, trying to write to deadline alongside a full-time job would be too much. Would it be better to write all of the series and then try to get it published? Or would publishers be reluctant to buy a series all in one go? Thanks so much for the great question, Georgia. My advice is to start querying as soon as book one is ready. Traditional publishing is very slow, so you will have time to finish your second and maybe even third book while you're waiting to hear from agents and publishers. It's hard to say whether a publisher will want one book or the whole series or like your writing but want you to write a completely different book, which has also happened. Ultimately, though, if you envisage this as a trilogy, then I think that you should write it that way and worry about what the publishers say or don't say as you as you get to that bridge, as it were. One tip, though, is to make sure that book one could be a standalone too, so that if a publisher doesn't want to buy a trilogy, it can still be sold as a standalone. Thanks again for the question, and if you have got a question that you would like answered on the show, do get in touch. You can email me, sarah at worriedwriter.com, or find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter. Speaking of Twitter, it's time for a shout out to some lovely folk. Catherine Barbie, who is at Catherine Barbie. Vanessa Lilly, who is at Vanessa Lilly. Julie Cordoner, who is at Julie underscore Cordoner, said, Just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying your podcast. I'm working through the episodes. Lovely to hear you talking about the craft of writing when so many podcasts are mainly about marketing. Thank you, Julie. I'm so glad you're enjoying the focus of the show. And finally, Nicole Kennedy, who is at Nicole Kennedy. Nicole commented on the interview with Phoebe Morgan. Working on that tricky first draft and reassuring to hear most writers have the same struggles and worries, even if in the industry. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you to you all for listening. I really appreciate it. If you have a moment to leave me a review on iTunes 
or to share this podcast with a a writer that you think might enjoy it, I'd be super grateful. I'm going to work on my goals for next year so that I can share them in next month's episode. I can hardly believe that the next time I speak to you, it will be 2018 and we will all be planning a brand new year. That is both exciting and scary. Also, I've got a great interview with psychological thriller author and founding partner of Manatee Books, Lisa Hall. I hope you all have a wonderful month and a happy winter holiday or Merry Christmas if you celebrate and happy writing. See you next time. Thanks for listening today. For show notes and links, head to worriedwriter.com. If you'd like to connect, find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter or use the hashtag worriedwriter. See you next time.